0: One, two, three. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gargoyles Podcast.
1: Uh, Hi.
2: Big...
0: Yes. How are we doing today? How
2: are you, Thomas? Oh, girl, I'm so, so good. Uh, today, it's a little crazy for sure. It's a little hectic. Another usual recording day session, but we are here and we're making it. How are you? How are you, Bianca?
0: Well, I am okay, you know. It was uh, it was an interesting weekend. I got to see you, Tomas. Yeah! Over the weekend. It was so exciting. Uh, we had a family gathering, our friends. Uh, we got to see our friends from high school. And mm-hmm. it, it was a nice moment. I loved it. It was a long time since I've seen you. Yeah. But, uh, i love seeing you every single time like it just warms up.
2: absolutely my heart. yeah <laughs> me too bianca for real yeah you know we consider each other like family and even though it's crazy because even though we do live in the same city new york city you're we we, it. we still we still uh, you know have a lot on our plates on a daily basis and sometimes time just flies but it's always good to go back and reconnect with your people absolutely and we had the the pleasure to do so uh, last weekend and i do hope that we get to see each other pretty soon again
0: yeah uh, we
2: definitely. we we definitely want to uh, we do record this podcast on separate locations each one of us especially you know since Juanita lives in philly is definitely uh is just a necessity to do so, uh, but definitely one of the, uh, whenever a recording that does come up here in the city, I do want us to try recording in the same location, in the same room. I and see how that. that. Yeah, to see how that develops, absolutely. Uh, I think it will be fantastic and also better for editing later.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do feel you're that and I feel like it would be super fun, like being the three of us in the same room recording Mm-hmm. I, like our conversations are fun. We try to make it dynamic and everything, but also like not seeing each other eye to eye could be a little bit, you know, because we're not seeing our expressions. But as mm-hmm. one, once we get to uh meet each other and be in the same room, I feel like it's gonna be super fun. Today, definitely, we're going to start with a great topic. We are going to start with the money series. And I'm mm-hmm. so excited for this topic, Thomas because I feel uh, we are about to educate ourselves, uh, educate our audience about money, how to tackle debt, um, investing, and all of this that is important to have in you know in our lives. Our first part is going to be talking about debt, about how debt works, talking tackling debt and talking about credit and how this relationship with debt, they go hand in hand with each other. Even yes. though people may seem, may think that uh, debt is a bad thing, it could be also very beneficial. Mm-hmm. As you can probably notice, Juanita is not present at the moment. She's running a little bit late. but she will be joining us in our conversation later on with our guest speaker today.
2: Yes. Yes, we're having
0: Amos Margulies. He's a high school teacher. He graduated from NYU and he has a lot of personal experience on this topic because of his social economical background, but also from working with students who are going off to college with student loans and on a yearly basis. One thing that we need to point out is that we're not experts in this topic, we yes. are learning as we go, as we are researching for this to talk about with you guys and our guest speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to remind you guys that we are not professionals about depth or
2: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, especially uh, for this topic, in, in specifically on on depth. Uh, I know that. Bianca and I, we started doing deeper research whenever the topic came up. Juanita on the other hand she do- she has been doing research on the topic since way before we even brought it up. So she definitely has more knowledge on this and then Amos on the other hand has a lot of casual knowledge on it because of his profession but also because of personal experience but I, I feel that those outlooks on these topics are all-, all have their own different perspective and I have loved uh, researching and reading and learning more and more about about it. We definitely will have a lot more to bring to the table as we we continue with the series, but again, we are recording this on a we usually record these episodes on a Sunday to post on Tuesday today we are recording the same day of posting. Which uh, means, one, that our schedules are a little bit different. So this is why Juanita and both Juanita and Amos are taking time from their working day to be here with us and record this session, which we appreciate a lot. It also means that I'm going to spend all day editing right after we finish this. But you know what? It's all good. I'm so excited for this conversation that we are about to have.
0: So let's now move to the topic of the week, part one of the money series that... So, we're going to be talking about how debt works first. To first talk about how debt works, we should know that it can be useful to invest in the future. It not necessarily can be bad, but it comes with the theory of building your credit. You're building your credit as you go based on how you are paying off the debt there is a debt cycle which is a continual borrowing that in- you increase your debt and then you increase your credit it's, it's like a balance off of it so this branches out into three different sections the lenders, borrowers and the interest uh, mm-hmm. where the lender provides you with the money that you need and the borrower is the person that it's taking the money and with this with, with building your Credit and investing in
2: some things, you build up interest. Yeah, I was reading a lot about about building your credit overall, and usually the relation between debts and credits can be overlooked when they really go together like bread and butter. The as you said, it's interesting how there is like the more debt you have, sometimes that is the more credit you get. Yeah, uh, there, there is like there could be a benefit <laughs> into uh, getting more devs. but there is also a benefit about uh, managing how you how you pay out your debts and your loans and good credit. Uh, there, there is a, for those of you who, who don't know, usually the way credit is seen as is with the FICO score, uh, which ranges from 300 to 850. So 300 being towards the lower side is called the higher risk borrower. But then you can scale it up to being up to the high 800s, which is basically when you are up there, you can basically ask for anything and you will most likely get it so there is there is definitely a balance to be had with both with your debt and your and your credit score and also not having having no debt doesn't necessarily mean that you have a high credit score that's also important too.
0: That's, yes that's also important because they go hand in hand
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it's interesting because when I first started to learn about economics back in high school, I remember this was such a huge topic for me because Economics could be very difficult, but at the same time, if you understand every single point, you will understand that it comes with a balance. And debt, like I said before, not necessarily can be bad. The more credit you have and you're having more chances to apply for bigger loans and um, getting a mortgage and all of that.
2: But I know that, Juanita, you have taken a few classes recently uh, online about canceling your debt out. We have a casual conversation about your point of view on it, and you really don't think uh, that having a credit line is necessary. What do you say about that?
3: So it's really interesting, right? Yeah, you're right. I have... <laughs> and different people have different, uh, you know, like, opinions on this. And But I was taking... Yeah, I was taking this these couple of classes that are offered by uh, Dave Ramsey. And he is really big in the financial world in terms of helping people get out of debt and stuff like that. Um, and within his plan, in particular, about how to get out of debt and how to live debt-free... Um, He does not promote uh, credit card usage. And I think it's a really interesting concept to think about living in the state, you know, being in the United States because everything is about debt, right? You need debt for everything. You you go in debt, Mm -hmm. like you literally, even the concept of a credit card, right? You are going in debt, paying off debt, going in debt. It's a cyclic thing, right? And Mm -hmm. and you're constantly proving um, that... I have the capacity to, to, to get money from an entity and like having a credit card, you're, you're constantly going in and out of debt, uh, to prove that. Um, so anyways, like I was saying, um, there is, uh, there are people like myself (laughs) who believe that (laughs) man, fuck this. I'm not about mm-hmm. to, but you, you do have to be aware of things. Like, and this is a whole thing because you know a lot of times, like when you want to get a house or a car, you want to have these bigger purchases that may th- they will look for a credit score unless you're about to pay cash money. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. cash money for mm-hmm. and look, I have my own opinions about cash money. I love cash money, <laughs> um, but they, but they, but there are ways to to, to go around the system um, in terms of underwriting, for example, mortgage people there is a way for you not to have a credit score but uh be able to rely on things like just being a human in the world and paying bills but those are becoming less and less so it is a little bit harder in our capitalistic debt like society to kind of like not want to be a part of the overall debt stuff um but yeah, that's, that's
2: just a little bit about my feelings about debt. I, I do, I do want to hear a little bit of what Amos has to say. What, what is your outlook on, on the topic of overall debt?
1: So I agree with a lot of what's been said so far. Um, debt and credit are tools. Uh, they're tools that society uses to, um, you know, achieve certain ends, to get what they want. And sometimes those tools can be really useful to people, and sometimes they can be used against people. Um, you know, historically, debt has been very useful to people who already have power in society. Uh, you know, white men, Christians, and uh, it's been used to exclude and perpetuate certain forms of oppression against communities of color and and you know people in poverty. Um, for me, uh, debt has been very useful. Um, For my father, who came to this country as an immigrant, it was very useful. Um, But debt can also be, as we've already sort of heard, it can be also a very dangerous thing. So um, if you want to talk about debt in terms of larger purchases, like an apartment or a car, yeah, it does make things a lot easier. Um, People will lend you money. Uh, You are proving, as Quanita said, that you're trustworthy enough to pay back that money. Um, And that's sort of a trust that gets built over a long period of time. But um, it's not just about numbers, right? It, there are people who are more trusted in society based on uh, who they are, right? Based mm-hmm. on the, whether or not they're white or, or male or come from a certain other kind of background. Who is trustworthy, right, is a very subjective thing. If the bank is going to give me a loan and they see that I'm a school teacher with a stable income, they might see that I'm white they might uh, see a whole number of other factors about me. They might be more willing to to lend me that
2: money. As a, as a high school teacher, especially one who teaches immigrant students and recent immigrants at that, you definitely interact with uh, with students on a yearly basis that go off to college and oft, more often than not do, do take on uh, big student loans. If you have any advice for students who might be listening to this, especially high school students, maybe shine some light on what they should be looking at.
1: In terms of student debt i would say that that's a that's a very specific kind of tricky question because a lot of the times in society when people take too much debt they can declare bankruptcy Um, and bankruptcy sounds like a terrible thing it is but it's also kind of a magical thing because (laughs) it allows you to absolve your debts and kind of start over and that's a, like a, a really a beautiful idea in a lot of ways. It goes back to the Bible. It's a biblical idea um,
3: yes, of just yes. being
1: able to absolve your, your debts and kind of start over new. But in terms of student debt, uh, we don't do that in this country. <laughs> and um, the student debt actually, I believe it totals more than, Uh, credit card debt and like mortgage debt uh, put together or auto debt. Like it's one of the, it's one of the highest, if not the highest um, number when it comes to how much money is owed. And it's almost exclusively preying on young people who do not understand debt. And so Mm -hmm. I do believe that in a lot of situations, taking out some loans for college can be really beneficial. The sort of cultural capital that you gain from going to a, a certain kind of school, the access to resources um, the the brand of the school can be worth a lot of money, and that money could you know come from a loan that you get from you know, a bank or a government that then you would pay back hopefully with the really great job that you got from that education and from having that brand on your on your diploma but it doesn't always work that way um, and no. uh, for that reason you know you have to be really careful and i tell a lot of students too that these days getting a college degree is what getting a high school was you know 30 40 years ago and so you know if you're going to go into debt for school for an education you know and that's a big if maybe you should wait until you're getting your master's degree when you really know what you want to study. And uh, there are some excellent schools that are SUNYs and CUNYs, you know, the public schools in New York State. Um, some of some of the best schools in the country are public schools that are much more affordable and will offer you many of the same opportunities you can get elsewhere.
2: You know, Amos, I, I do wish uh, <laughs> you were my high school teacher back then, giving me this kind of advice, because honestly, I... Not to not to not to put down anybody who was in the in my own personal process of uh, advising me through the college application period, but nobody was there to to tell me, "Hey, you can you can take a seat for a second and really think about what you really want." Uh, it was it was more of the rush of like, "Oh yeah yeah, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, like, okay? yeah you gotta it into this school, make anything possible to get into that school because that's your number one option and that's like that, that's the one that has the big name attached to it." And what I ended up with was a larger-than-life debt that I didn't understand at first. I was just like, at first I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll sign everything that I need to sign, and <laughs> so good, you know. And then I'm finding now myself paying paying this large amount of money that I'm like, I didn't even take the full advantage of. And I do, I do definitely agree with you, Amos, about seeing the value of knowing what you are going in for before you take a. Yeah. A amount of money like that. And it's so it's often not it's often not the case that by the end of high school you're definitely going to know where you want to go. So definitely taking a lower risk monetary cost going in, and then there is always transfers. There is always transfer. Let's say like after your first year of college, starting, let's say if you're in, in New York going to CUNY, then you are really driven by some career that doesn't that that is not in your CUNY, and you want to apply to a, a big name school, then you can definitely transfer and take your big loan then because you're definitely more sure of what you want. But I feel that in my, in my situation, and many people's situation, I feel like the big brand name came first, and then everything else followed. And I feel like that's just not a good model to follow in most cases.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I have several stories that I can tell that might hit that point, but I want to give other people some some space to uh, to jump in, and I can circle back to these stories later if there's time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I was
3: thinking about what you said, Amos, about, <laughs> about the biblical times and stuff like that, like this jubilee campaign, right? And I was like, I don't know how many people... Not even that I'll be in the Bible like that. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just I am familiar with the whole after seven years debt is absolved and I'm like, oh yeah? like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and and it's funny because you said almost bankruptcy is maybe the closest thing that we have to this Jubilee campaign the whole type setup and then who's and then when you think about who are the people going bankrupt it's typically these rich ass
1: exactly <laughs> it's a, it's a like of privilege. Person. <laughs>
3: yep. going going, going, bankrupt because obviously like and, and that could be a larger conversation as well because it, there are things that you have to think about when filing for bankruptcy but like you gotta you gotta be okay with for a good amount of years not making some large per- you know maybe like not doing certain things and staying low for the most part financially but um nah, i i hear everything you're saying because i was focused a lot on mortgage and you focus a lot on just now and, and student that the student that is so like so like could be its own topic because there's the direct loans and the indirect student there's the subsidized and the unsubsidized and the the private and the public and all of that and, and what that and I feel like that goes into the conversation of debt because it, it kind of is like giving you this glimpse whether you know it or not as an 18 or 17 year old signing this piece of paper <laughs> as you accept your college acceptance as to like what it's going to look like for you as a person in debt are you gonna have all this interest that you owe you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. you're in a what indirect uh, oh no not indirect uh unsubsidized student loan where the, the government wasn't paying the interest while you were in school or are you gonna they just
2: um, Subsidized is like a trigger word for me these days.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, do, do, we need to, do we need to define those terms real quick for the, the folks listening? Oh, yeah,
2: sure, sure, sure. Uh, definitely, because we do have... Uh, actually, I was checking out the data, and we do have uh, many high school students listening to this podcast. So uh, anybody who wants to define those.
1: Basically, if you are receiving a subsidized loan, I think as Quine was saying, your... Uh, interest on the loans will not, will be paid by someone else, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: the government, let's say. Um, And the important thing to know about loans in general is that they accrue interest, right? No one is just going to give you money unless maybe their friends or family and say, just pay me back, you know, whenever you get a chance, same thing I I gave you. Banks and Mm -hmm. other lenders are going to say, well, if you're going to take this money from me, you got to give me something back with a little bit of interest on top. And while Mm -hmm. you're in school, a lot of the time, you're not working, you're not earning any money. And so if you've taken unsubsidized loans, uh, those loans will be accruing interest every single year. And when you graduate, you won't just owe the money that it cost you to go to college, you'll owe that money plus the interest. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can become very dangerous because I know people who let that interest accumulate over enough time that they end up paying off the entire cost of their tuition mm. and they still owe basically the same amount as when they started. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost as if their loans literally doubled right before their eyes. Mm. And um, you know, when we are dealing with young people, uh, I can say personally, like I was very caught up in the whole college process. I lived Mm -hmm. uh, in high school in a neighborhood that was very privileged. My family was not, but I Mm -hmm. didn't really have the awareness entirely to understand that difference. And so when everyone Mm -hmm. signed their loans, I did too, not realizing that their parents were immediately going to pay off that principal loan almost entirely, Mm -hmm. leaving their children with very little debt. But Mm -hmm. I, however took on all those loans and realized almost as soon as I started attending NYU, a very expensive school in a very expensive city, that I would need to get a few jobs um, and not even be able to live on campus just so that I would be able to maintain, <laughs> maintain my, my credit and not go into such yeah. crippling debt that you know I would still be paying off those loans today. Um, and I had mm-hmm. to make a lot of sacrifices about where I lived and what I ate and what I did all so that I could make sure to pay off that principal, that very first big loan that I took, just so that Mm -hmm. when I graduated, it will not have accrued so much interest that I would still be paying it today.
2: Mm And and honestly, I, use, I just want to say a disclaimer that with this, we're not saying don't take loans because honestly, each, each particular situation is different. And there is definitely realities where uh, it is used the only way, uh, sadly so. If what we're asking you is to know where the money's come from and what that money means, not only today, but in the long term. Uh, that's important research that you should, you should be doing, especially applying for colleges or applying for any other type of institution, uh, whatever it is
1: yeah i will say just personally like i um, i think that i mentioned before that loans and debt are a function of privilege and if you come from a family with money you will automatically almost have better credit and be, have access to more credit you will be able to to do more with the money that you have uh, a simple example of that is what I was saying before about my friends whose parents were able to pay off their loans really quickly, therefore freeing up those those friends of mine to do any number of things after college because they weren't carrying that debt. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, you know, my parents were smart. They uh, got me a credit card that they attached to their account when I was still in high school, and they just put my name on the credit card. Now, they trusted me not to go spending their money like crazy. Um, (laughs) And and I didn't. And when I was uh, in college and graduating from college, I graduated to see that I had pretty decent credit score, all because I was connected Mm -hmm. to their credit score. And that allowed me to get my own credit card. And now I have a credit card that uh, I use all the time and it gets me points. And I've been able to buy plane tickets all around the world, um, you know, just because I've been spending my money using this particular credit card. Uh, that's like a nice little bonus right but that's yeah. the kind of thing that yeah. comes with a little bit of luck and um you know a little bit of that kind of hard work it takes to understand how credit really works and where you need to where you need to put your effort into understanding you know where to pay off your money and things like that um so it can be very really, really useful i think is what i was trying to say tomas that you can yeah. use it to your benefit if you know how and you can put in the time and you have that like Privilege that backup to either set you on a good path towards credit or to bail you out if you make a mistake.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this circle, this circles back to what Bianca was saying at the very beginning about the importance of uh, the relationship that there is between uh, the devs and also the credit score that you may have. Uh, personally, because uh, one of the one of the biggest one of the big factors that are considered when calculating when when these companies calculate your credit score, if you don't know that uh, in here in the US at, at least there are uh, three main agencies that uh, calculate your credit score, and each one of them uh, has their own little method, and not all of them is are the same. They have different numbers actually. So, for example, the credit score that you see in your in your soft uh, credit, soft inquiry. Whenever you, for example, in your Chase bank account or your Capital One bank account, whenever you inquire for your credit number, that's a soft inquiry. So, but those that information, that data is coming from one of the main three agencies, which is either Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And you should you should definitely look into what they do and how they calculate the, these different numbers. But uh, one of the main things that they do calculate is that. Uh, your credit util- utilization and basically what that means is the amount you owe compared to the total lines of credit so uh, that goes back to your credit score there is no way to separate those two when you are considering an amount of money that you want to borrow consider how you can balance that with the with your credit number that you have your credit score because at the end of the day, in order for you to keep going to get a car loan, let's say to get an a, to get an apartment lease, you do need a credit, a good credit score. It's always gonna be there with you, and one of the factors is the amount of money that you owe based on the on the credit that you have. So just keep that in mind as well when you're talking about taking loans and debts. And definitely uh, something that I would recommend too is to subscribe to any of these three main uh, agencies because they do provide with a lot of deeper benefits that go beyond the soft inquiry that you have whenever you open one of these apps. They do help you a lot, especially with the topic of identity theft, which is also something that could affect you in a big way when it comes to a credit score, but also any kind of debt that you may have. Imagine you you, just suffer from identity theft, which happens more often than you think, and then all of a sudden you have this new amount of money that you owe that you don't even know where it comes from, being subscribed to one of these agencies definitely helps with that because they work for you into looking at different aspects. For example, your social security number, an amount no. Of- bank account numbers or x amount of credit and debit card numbers an x amount of email addresses an x amount of uh, medical id numbers passport numbers they look all of that even the dark web on the internet when you're subscribed to these, uh, either of these agencies uh they they each look at it in different ways so there is definitely a benefit to being more connected to the activity of your credit line
1: Juanita based on what Tomas was just saying you know about how the world is so digitized, technological, interconnected. It seems like credit is becoming almost unavoidable, yeah. right? Inescapable. So, you know, how, how much credit do you think you would be willing to let enter your life? And what are like the the ways that you would be willing to let it enter if you had to, or do you think there's a way to really exist and function and, and be, you know, comfortable in this in this life of ours without sort of giving into those big sort of evil credit companies
3: yeah um thank you for asking this question actually because yeah i do have these ideas um about credit and i don't want to be a part of it but like currently Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm very a part of (laughs) i'm on the same boat my credit score is great Um, because I, I, I'm in, in ways like you said it's so inevitable I've had to play into the system and I and uh, to be honest, like I got my first credit card in grad school and I remember because there's this like evilness that's associated with credit uh, whenever maybe you're talking to someone who doesn't really know the ins and outs of it so I do think there's a way to what is it like know how the sausage is made and like mm. play the system but I, I'm hoping that you know so so I'm in the system. I'm all in it, you know. I'm mm. almost like I got the credit card.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm looking at this public service loan forgiveness program.
1: It's a beautiful I, thing.
3: I'm uh very much taking advantage of the pandemic no payment option right now, and <laughs> I even did some payments. You know what I'm saying? So, but I, I'm I'm joking. But I'm saying my my point is that I am partaking in the credit uh the the the, the system. It is evil. I have hopes <laughs> to get out of it, and I'm ho- hope hopefully I'm able to do that via establishing some some uh what is, what is the word financial security when you have uh, mm-hmm. financial independence. Like I forgot what it's called. Like when you have your little when you retire, and you have your little money Mm -hmm. and then you just you just have enough to just sustain yourself and not really have to depend on but I don't honestly you know you know I'm a 25 year old and I say that (laughs) to say that I feel like I'm kind of a long way off at this moment from being completely out out, outside of the system um that is credit um (laughs) but it's I, I mean, I, I do agree with you that there there are ways to use it and not be totally consumed by it. I honestly, I felt what you were saying, the, the fact that your parents gave you that, uh, you had a credit card, it was under their name, they found a way to work around that and then set you up for, you know, success. And I remember me being in high school, I, I went to a very interesting high school just because it brought together a lot of people from different socioeconomic statuses and stuff like that. So I remember seeing my fellow white upper middle class <laughs> to middle not maybe upper but like middle class uh people they're getting their cars and then their parents are giving them credit cards and saying hey use this credit card to pay for gas and then that's going to allow you to build this and have a score as opposed to starting really low having am i making sense is everyone 100
1: percent? no it's yeah, 100 no, percent. Sense. Sense.
3: Um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah it's oh that, that's a deep question you know because like yeah. <sighs>
2: I have a, I even have a, I met a friend in my first year of college that she, her parents set her up, opened her retirement account when she was in high school. So, yeah, definitely props and kudos to the parents who are on top of it. And if you are in a situation where your parents did not do that for you, well, do that yeah, for yeah. your can children. I also, can that's, I just, you know, break Oh, down. yeah.
1: Sorry. I was going to say exactly that,
2: yeah.
1: um, Like that, that's privilege. Right that there. is privilege. And yes. You know the the fact that like the yeah. biggest purchase any one of us would ever make might be at home and the fact that so many people of color were denied you know through redlining and other you know blockbusting denied that that investment that that legacy yeah. through their whole family for generations has created this this situation mm-hmm. that we're in today where, you know, many white parents are going to be able very easily to give their kids a credit card that goes along with the car that they got and say, use this to fill up your gas Mm -hmm. tanks. Um, But, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. in high school right now, you can open up a free bank account and most banks um, as a student. Right. And you could even get a credit card and say to yourself, I'm just going to spend you know, this credit card to buy myself some pizza once a week and pay it Mm. off immediately. Mm. And if all you're doing is buying a slice of pizza and then paying it off every week, you're already developing a little bit of credit history for yourself. So it's a little extra work. Um, It's perhaps not going to be the same as, you know, someone with a lot of privilege throwing their money around, but it's a start and, you know, we all have to start somewhere. So what, what better place and what better time than, you know,
2: right
3: now? Oh my God! Thank you, Amos. Fr- I oh, yes,
2: guest speaker, yes, because- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know you know another another important aspect of that like buy a slice of pizza start small is a uh, the factor of creating habits too because it's it's definitely a habit that you gotta create for yourself the spending and paying back. Don't do it like me. I was going to Costa Rica this one time and I didn't have a credit card at the time, but I applied for one to go for the trip and I emptied my Whoa. credit card. And it took me it took me a couple of years to pay it back because I, I didn't I didn't create the habit of paying like uh, spending and paying mm-hmm. back right away. So definitely create the habit little by little. So whenever you do have to make a big spending, yeah. you know that you have that within yourself to pay it back and do not affect other yes. aspects. life. I have of your something life, to you know? to
3: say um, just about the payback stuff because there are models for like paying back mm-hmm. debt that just different ways that you can go about it um and so there are two that i know of for sure and there's like the snowball one which is this sense of paying off your smaller debts and then gradually increasing to the larger ones and then there's the avalanche method right where you like nah i'm about to pay back the big ones you know and then go into paying off the smaller ones um later but i think that was important to include just because there are ways that people yeah tackle yeah that um mm.
1: And there are also calculators online that you can plug in your information and they'll tell you exactly how long it'll take you to pay back this loan, how much extra in interest you would be paying, depending on how long you take Mm -hmm. and how much you are willing to put towards that loan every single week or month. So if you can take the time, there are tools out there to figure it out. It's just about, you know, knowing that those tools are even out there and having access to them.
2: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, with that being said, uh, we do have to wrap it up because we are definitely running out of time. All right. So honestly, that was such a great conversation to have. Um, again, so much to say. I feel that uh, when we were discussing this topic overall, specifically, you know, this topic of the, there were so many little... Uh, little other subtopics that we could just go on and on uh, and talk about them especially for example the topic of uh, subsidize some um, subsidize i feel that that's just really important to emphasize and i even have a longer discussion about right you said we had a
3: young audience so maybe people will be interested in learning more about the student debt side of things they- we we're talking about the unsubsidized loan versus the subsidized loan versus what is an interest rate and how that applies to student debt as well as the repayment plans that are offered for uh student loans like and there are a lot of them
1: if you just type into google um you know debt calculator or okay, interest cool. calculators um and in fact if if this if the advice that i gave about going and opening up a free bank account uh, actually it's you can walk into the bank that you are now a member of and sit down with a a person there and say, look, I have all this debt. How do I pay it off? And they'll actually explain it to you for free. So,
2: awesome. While I was doing research, I found that there is a whole other side of credit score and credit lines. Whenever it specifies to businesses, that's another conversation to be had as well uh, in terms of businesses and in relationship with loans. And I do know a few people who own small businesses that uh, could be great to have in this podcast. So honestly, Money Series Part 2 may be coming soon. We, We haven't even finished this series and I'm already thinking about the future, but this is like what this podcast does. It gets me excited about everything for sure. Definitely. And yeah, we we definitely talk a whole lot about debt, but we are gonna explore some other things in the next few weeks. So we're definitely gonna be exploring uh, more practical ways of uh, handling your money. Yes, that can be applied to debt. In the next episode, we're gonna be talking about budgeting. For that episode, we have a special guest, a dear friend of mine, his name is Cesar Gomez. He is a big advocate okay for canceling your your devs and managing and budgeting he has a lot of advice when it comes to saving money and little ways in which you can find uh that you wouldn't think about that could save you a couple coins such as uh, the benefits of online banking savings many more things for sure so tune in for that conversation as well. So this definitely ties in really, really nicely into that topic that we're going to be exploring next week, same day. So look forward to that. And in the following week after that, we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, once you got your money budgeted and handled, what else you can do with it? Investing. (laughs) That I'm really excited about that. I'm so excited for this series. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But thank you, thank you, thank you to Amos. Thank you for uh, providing us with your time. I know that, that we're recording, for those of you who don't know, we're recording this in the middle of the day. Everybody has something to do right after. So uh, thank you for taking out of your time for being here. And uh, I just want to say this, you're always welcome to come back for any topic that you feel comfortable talking about. I really appreciate your time for sure. And thank you also, Panita, because I know you're also rushing out of this. For being here it's a pleasure right
1: Juanita, bianca tomas thank you so much for, for having it was a right pleasure now. having you yeah yeah
2: thank you guys for listening so far i look forward to what's to come absolutely for this series and beyond and we'll definitely see you next week
0: thank you bye
2: bye, bye. bye. bye.